0: Hello, and welcome back to Holzer Talk. My name is Sarah Lowry, and this is episode two of our Meet the Team series. Today, you'll hear my conversation with Carrie Gay, our post acute care educator. Carrie talks about her road to becoming a nurse, working in post acute care, and what types of training she can offer. I hope you enjoy this conversation and make sure you check back for episode three, where I talk with Emily McFann our ambulatory and emergency department educator.
1: Ernie. How are you? I am wonderful today. Good. Um, we
0: have Carrie Gay with us today. She is our post-acute clinical educator and we're going to talk to her a little bit about post-acute care and she is our first RN. So welcome Carrie. I'm glad you're
1: here. I am happy to be here. I didn't realize I was going to be the first um, nurse interview.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's so we, we we've talked to Jason, um, but you're our first nurse. Cool. So tell tell me a little bit about that. Then, um, what? Was nursing your always your end
1: goal, or where no. you start? No, um, no. Actually, as a little girl, I wanted to. Um, I wanted to do hair, so I think we can... The people listening aren't going to be able to see me, but I think we can tell um, by how I do my own hair that that would be a disservice to everybody. (laughs) So, no, I did not um, start there.
0: Okay. Where'd you start?
1: I, um, well, I didn't really know what I wanted to do once I got to high school age, so I ended up at trade school... um, which would have been at Buckeye Hills Career Center. Okay. So they did not, they actually, by the time I enrolled, they did not have space in their cosmetology class. So that's great for everybody. But I went to diversified health occupations and learned a few skills there. Okay. And then I came here to work after that.
0: Okay, so when was that? When did you start at Holzer?
1: That would have been the summer of two thousand and six in the hospital laboratory.
0: Okay, so phlebotomy? Mhm. Oh, okay. So how did you get to nursing?
1: Just via observing. So oh, okay. the, the cool thing about working in the laboratory as a phlebotomist, especially like over in the hospital side, is that you kind of float around and you get to see a little bit of everything. Um, so at some point in that, I think I worked like five years there. At some point during that time, I decided I might want to go to nursing school. Okay. And, and did
0: you go right to RN or were you an LPN first? No.
1: I worked as an LPN uh, again for a few years before I did that bridge program.
0: Okay. So so you are the post-acute care educator. So tell us a little bit about what in, what's included in post-acute care and why you like being the clinical educator for post-acute care.
1: Post-acute care, um, especially here, is gonna include your um, skilled nursing facilities, your assisted living facilities, your home care, uh, and your hospice. And I think when we're doing post-acute care, um, you just are kind of wearing a lot of different hats. (laughs) So it's, it's, you're getting to maybe socialize a little bit more, um, getting to know your patients a little bit better. Um, I just, I just like it. So
0: you do, I was in post-acute care, as you know, for about six years in the skilled nursing facility. And though I'm not clinical um, the nurses there do wear a lot of hats. So they're, they're the lab, they're respiratory, their nursing, their transport, like they don't have right. the support staff necessarily that our acute facilities have. Um, so they really get to know the people they're taking care right.
1: of. Right, and everybody's role. And the, and the people that are working in post-acute care, not just the nurses, it's everybody. Um, I mean, of course, they're not doing anything that isn't in their job description, but we're helping each other. Right. I think if you're seeing something that needs to be done and you know that someone else is just uh, bogged it down and it's too busy, we're we're really good in those areas to jump in um, and help one another.
0: So your post-acute background is with hospice, correct? Hospice. And um,
1: I also worked in the assisted living oh, okay. area for a little while.
0: Okay. So hospice is another really interesting area that I think you have to have a calling for. Right. I don't think that you can really just be a hospice nurse because you want to try it. You have to have, I think, a calling
1: for it. You, you do. You have to want to, to be there. Um, and I think you have to really have this um, mindset, like a holistic approach. You have to understand that you're caring for the patient. You're also caring for the family um, and maybe even your other staff members, people on the interdisciplinary team. Yeah, for
0: sure. <clears throat> so what's your favorite thing about being a clinical educator?
1: I think this, this may be two part for me because I do really enjoy, um, getting to know our new employees and watching them, uh, grow and, and move and try different areas, but it's the light bulb effect for me. So when I have a class of like new nurses aides and, um, they may be already doing a task, uh, in their own work area, but they don't understand why they're doing that particular task, the way they're doing it. And I can connect that those dots for them and see that light bulb um, in their eye go off and we're understanding why we're doing exactly what we're doing um, and that there's a rhyme to a reason. I think that's my favorite part. So you
0: have a big hand being the main instructor for our state tested nursing assistant class, correct? Correct. So um, what does that program look like? like? What are the basics to that STNA program?
1: That program is, I've, it's a minimum of 75 hours, but basically what it is, is it's taking that um, look at what it takes to be a well-rounded nurse assistant. So we're learning um, about patient rights, we're learning about, you know, privacy laws and all of those foundation type things, but we're also learning um, how to perform good personal care skills too.
0: Okay. In advocacy is a big part of post-acute care. It, it is in healthcare in general, but I know from my time in there that is something that we all talked we about, yeah. right? So it's it's really great to see that in a clinical role as well. Because my social service background, of course, everyone should be a, a patient advocate, right. right? But to see that in a clinical role is really is really great to know that that's the foundation of taking care of people
1: and it absolutely is so they leave here they should leave here with a really really good understanding about what it means to advocate for your patients and um really understanding those patient rights and you know
0: yeah okay so if someone tells you that they would like to go into nursing more specifically post-acute care nursing what is one piece of advice that you would give them
1: that goes back to that you're wearing um, all of the hats thing that I've said earlier. Um, it's seeing and recognizing maybe when somebody has too much on their plate. It's being lending a helping hand. Um, it's taking the extra time to listen to people, sit down, um, get at your patient's level, get at your staff's co-workers level if you need to if somebody's having a rough day. I think it's just understanding that We don't always know why everybody has going on, maybe at home. um, It's just keeping kindness at the forefront. Oh, for sure.
0: I mean, it's... um, Post-acute care, again, in general, is very hands-on, as I'm sure all nursing is. But I have the most experience working with those those nurses in general. But it's... um, it is wearing all those hats and it's time management. I mean, even when I was in post-acute on my side, it was prioritizing and then kind of being flexible with what comes at you.
1: Right. Um, You do have to learn to ebb and flow. And if you're sure the type of person, um, that really needs a routine, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know that (laughs) post-acute care is the right place for you. Um, there are plenty of other areas to try, but you really do have to learn to be flexible. Sure, so your, your STNA class, let's go back to that for just a
0: second. Um, it's not something that you're offering just for internal, right? Correct. So if someone was interested in that class that does not already work here, where would they find that information?
1: They would get that information directly from me. Um, you can email me at cwall2.holzer.org or call the extension here, 5313, ask uh, for Carrie Gay. And if I'm not at my desk, you leave me a message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can.
0: Okay. And so those STNA, those classes, but they're not just for post-acute care either, though.
1: Right. right. They're um, The thing with the STNA class is the curriculum that I have to provide is... is largely geared toward long-term care, but you're still going to receive instruction on the proper way um, to perform those basic nursing care skills. So it does bring um, enough of that content for a nurse aide and other departments to find some value here.
0: And you know, if it's basic nursing care, then it's probably beneficial for somebody who's maybe never been a nursing assistant before. Or interested in the field right to it's absolutely get... beneficial <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> yeah I do think yeah. it's important I think you should have some sort of um classroom training some sort of lab training before uh, you transition into those kind of roles
0: okay so for you so you've been here since 2006 is that what you said yes um and you started in phlebotomy what other areas in the health system have you worked in other than
1: the lab and HALG? HALG, hospice. I case managed for hospice for a couple of years, maybe longer than that. I'm really bad with my time. Yeah. <laughs> with it my timeline. So right, right. But I've also worked um, in ambulatory care, so at a couple of different urgent cares.
0: Oh, okay. So you have kind of a wide range of skills. Yeah, I do. Skills. And
1: I, you know what? Maybe that's my tip. I really do think you should try new things, um, especially if you're not completely sure about what it is you want to do.
0: And you, I, had, I had a similar experience. My husband went to nursing school a little later in life. So he's an LPN and he started out in post-acute care and he moved around and it drove me crazy because <laughs> cause he was changing <laughs> jobs all the time. But he was really, I think, trying to find... The spot. The spot, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's
1: so many opportunities in nursing. There is. You can't... I mean, the possibilities are endless. Um, And it. I think to be well-rounded, I, I might get some heat for this one, but I think to be well-rounded, you do have to try new things. Sure. Um, not only... You know, for that well-rounded piece, but also to understand um, what's happening in other areas and other departments. And you know, that one unit that you're working in is not the only thing going on. That there are moving parts everywhere, um, and it just helps. It helps me to understand what's going on in other places, and especially
0: with a health system like ours that has such a, a wide range of services and you know even for our clinical educators we have one that's for the acute care one for post acute right. care and one for the ambulatory and the emergency room because they
1: all work so differently that it's absolutely necessary right
0: and it would be impossible for one of you guys to, to cover
1: everything right yes.
0: because if you don't have the background or the knowledge then how are you supposed to design those trainings? education pieces right, right. so what's something when you're when you are designing your training and i don't know if it was STNA class or even your new employee orientation because you you are very hands on with the post acute new post acute employees that has that you feel like has to be in every single one of your trainings mm-hmm. or is there one that thing? That is
1: a good question. That is a really good question. Um there is one piece that i give everybody, okay? Um in every class that i've ever had, but that's, I mean, that's a relatively new, um, thing that we're doing. So it's like our fall policy, Okay. our fall, no fall, um, slideshow. Everybody gets, receives that for me. If they've seen it before, they're seeing it again. Um, because I, I mean, in post-acute care, that is top. Yeah. <laughs> the safety is, is the top priority. Sure. Um, so whatever safety things that I can bring to the table, they, they always get those things from me.
0: Okay. All right. Anything else that you feel like um, we need to know about post-acute care or how you're designing your trainings to head for post-acute care? Anything coming up that's super exciting or that you're revamping or anything like that?
1: There's not anything that... Um is that i'm revamping personally we do have so our assisted living in jackson is getting ready to have their own um sort of skills fair that i'm pretty excited about um becca and i and several other people are kind of coming together for that building to provide them some you know annual skills and education and it's going to be like a uh, like a station-style environment where they can get that all knocked out in one day get their refreshers and they don't have to travel um, to Galapalos for it. I think that's big. Sure, right with gas prices and everything else. Yeah, that, that 60 miles,
0: you know, right. 30 there and back is probably, I know, <laughs> that's taxing right for sometimes, yeah. So it'll be more like hands-on, like
1: – Yes, it should be, awesome. it'll be stations, um, and there are several different things. Wound care is going to come. There will be phlebotomy and lab, which I'm going to do that portion, and injections. There will be um, like information on, again, residents' rights and disaster preparedness, um, just several different stations that they can refresh their knowledge and skills and not have to travel to do that.
0: That's fantastic. So, do you feel like you might repeat that for the other parts of post-acute care eventually?
1: I would love to do that. It, the I'll the say. thing with um, COVID restrictions right now are sure. really, it's, it's kind of changes. I mean, it just changes so much what you're allowed to do. And um, so it's asking permission to come. It's asking permission to have a certain amount of people in like communal areas. And it's almost from day to day. I don't know <laughs> what right. is allowed versus what's not allowed. And I am definitely not the expert in that. So I let those, um, the nursing staff in those respective buildings guide me sure. um, as far as what we're allowed to do.
0: Yeah. Post-acute care and COVID really turned everything about post-acute care upside down. It did. Yeah visiting restrictions and down trainings and everything else sure okay well thank you so much for spending some time with me it was a great conversation and we'll talk to you later
1: yeah i had a great time okay. thank you thank you